Yo, this is a great interview with PJ Tour rookie Ben Griffin. If you don't know who Ben Griffin is, I think you're gonna pretty soon. I think the kid's got a lot of talent. He's obviously proven that. We talked about a course record he holds on a PJ Tour uh, golf course that he did this summer. And he actually broke his own record. You're gonna want to play Ben Griffin when we get the, to that particular course. We talked about him DJing on the side, which is pretty sweet. A little bit of oons oons music, as Pat likes to call it. Also talked about him and his caddy falling in the water during a tournament round. Hysterical. That's at the end. Ben Griffin's got a ton of personality and he's got a ton of game too. This is a good one. You're going to you're gonna enjoy this one. If you do enjoy it, please consider leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Write something really nice. Give us five stars. It helps the show. It's an easy way to help the show. It only takes you a minute or two to get it done. It's free for you other than that minute or two and it helps us a ton. Do the same thing on Spotify. If you listen on Spotify, you can rate and review the podcast there. It's, uh, yeah, it's easy, and it's something nice you can do for us if you enjoy the content. I think you're going to enjoy this content, okay? I know he's a rookie. I know he might be somebody you've not heard of before, but I think he's going to do really well on tour, and he's this is a funny conversation. Enjoy Ben Griffin. All right, Golf Addicts, DB here. I got my boy Ben Griffin. He's a Corn Ferry Tour graduate. He's going to be a PGA Tour rookie, although he's had some starts on the tour. You probably saw him uh, at the Wyndham a few weeks ago. We'll talk about that in a second. First off, Ben, thanks for uh, coming on the show, buddy. Yeah, appreciate you having me. Happy to hop on. All right, so we're going to get to golf later, but reading about you, apparently you've got like a little part of you that wants to be a DJ. And uh, what we've read is you're, you're kind of this EDM guy. You said your walk-up music would be Diplo. I also enjoy a little bit of, a little bit of EDM. Now, my boy Pat, he's older than me. He calls it oons oons music because it just goes oons oons oons. So he doesn't really like it. He's kind of old and dusty. So, um, talk to us, man. Like what you did a little, little, you try to get into the DJ world or what's going on with that? Yeah. You know, um, I consider myself retired at this point in my <laughs> career. Um, but no, I've uh, definitely messed around a bunch with music. It's probably nice for you to have like a fresh kid on here that actually knows EDM a yes. little bit compared to who you've been working with. So, uh, you're welcome for that. Um, <laughs> he's already taking no, shots yeah. at Pat the first minute. This is, this is going great. Yeah, it's going very well. Um, but no, back in college, so uh, one of my buddies on the basketball team, KJ Smith, Kenny the Jets' uh, son. Nice. He had these like travel turntables. He was kind of into music at one point, and he kind of got his way out of it, but wanted to learn golf. So we made an exchange. I gave him a set of clubs. He gave me the turntables, and uh, our uh, career paths took different ways. He went into the golf. No, nah, I mean, he's still playing basketball and he's like interviewing people and stuff uh, with ACC Network. But um, nice. no, I started messing around with uh, music um, kind of senior year. Um, I also had another buddy who was on the basketball team, Shea Rush. He's like really into DJing now. He's like up in Chicago performing at nightclubs and he's friends with like John Summit and all these other names that most viewers here probably have never even heard of. But um, no, I got into music. Uh, Pretty much, I've always been into music. I just started DJing a little bit um, senior year of college. Um, started small at like parties, and then worked my way into fraternity scene a little bit. And, yeah, uh, but um, yeah, no, it was fun. Uh, just mixing around. I mean, you you probably heard of two friends. They do those big booty mixes. Yeah. I like to kind of try to mash up songs too, and um, work on transitions and stuff like that. But yeah, I'm a big EDM guy. Um, but I also play all sorts of music. Um, especially at parties, whatever kind of the environment was like, I try to add my music to it. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, that's pretty much uh, my 
my DJ career in a nutshell. But uh, I, I remember traveling up on the Canadian tour and I brought those uh, the travel turntables with me because uh, pretty much I'd get done with round and I'd be like, well, I don't really feel like going and socializing or doing anything like that. I kind of want to chill in my room, but um, it gave me something to do. And I traveled the entire um, circuit with those. And then by the fall, when I went back to Chapel Hill, I, did, I went and did a couple parties and stuff. That's it was, awesome. It was, a, it was a fun hobby, but I guess it was a part of me that I graduated college and I was like, I want to still be in college. So I'm going to DJ. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. I mean, you know, you could be, you could turn up to be like, you could do some DJing gigs for the tour on the side. I'm sure they would probably use you for some of the pro-am parties or something like that. That could be good. Yeah, so I can't I, tell you how many like players and like rules officials, random people are like, "Yeah, I'm getting married. I need a DJ. Are you available?" Mm, I'm like, nah, I don't know. Not. I don't know if I can come back into that career. Yeah, and I mean, like wedding DJ and doing what you're talking about doing, maybe two different things to some extent. I like. I love being like the personally. I love being like the playlist guy. I, I love going to a party and and everybody looking at me. And going like, hey, you're in charge of the music because I love building a solid playlist and just you know playing playing bangers. Um, when you're on the golf course, like playing casually with your friends, which we're going to talk about that here in a second too. Are you playing like? Are you that guy too? Are you notorious for having the best the best sounds? Yeah, um, you could probably ask JT Poston. He used to like stalk my playlist. Um, JT I don't know, but he'd always ask me about new tunes and stuff that that i found um so do you have yeah, some no, public like, playlists like on apple or spotify yeah i've got some on spotify you know I've, i haven't been like as up to date as i wish um as of really this week though i've actually dove back in a little bit with uh with it being off week and tried to find some new music and try to make some new playlists um i made one for my trainer to try to get some tunes and we're in there nice. doing some work in the gym um but no, it's it's fun hobby. I'm a, I'm just like you. I love being uh, the guy in charge of music. Um, yeah, it's fun, but I'm not going to get in the way of someone else because I feel like there's such a fine line with being the guy who's in charge of music. So many people take it personal, and like you go to a certain party and one guy is like, "Oh no, I have to play this song." Like, yeah. I don't like to interfere with that. But um, no, I'm I'm right there with you. I love love music and always listen to it on the course and I'm playing for fun. All right. So when we're done with this, I'm going to have to have you send me the link to your Spotify playlist. We'll share those out there. We'll get, maybe we'll get you some more followers on that. Um, I'll end on this. Like I'm a, I'm a big, a couple of my favorites and maybe this is, these are like two mainstream folks, but I'm a huge Becky Hill fan. I love Becky Hill and I love uh, Joel Corey and they just did a little collaboration. So that's really good. You like, you like Becky Hill? It's so so funny. You mentioned that Uh, there's a 10 minute Becky Hill mix mashup on youtube and it is the greatest of music me and one of my buddies here on the island peter nade he's a mini tour guy he's working his way off the system right now um he showed it to me and i'm like i've listened to it probably three times in the last three days i'll send it to you after yes and that's what do you mean on the island where are you at uh st simon's island georgia are you Uh, a sea island mafia guy dude i am on the mafia yeah i uh, a lot of people don't know I was on. Uh, I was watching like some something on Golf Channel the other day, and they were talking about Sea Island guys from the Corn Ferry that had moved on. And I don't. I don't think they knew I lived here. But um, yeah, I'm full time down here. Um, I lived in Chapel Hill for like a year uh, between when I kind of before I quit golf, which I'm sure we'll get into. Um, yeah. And then about three months ago, I moved back. So yeah, we just um, we just talked to our boy Grayson Sig. We just dropped his interview the other day. JT Poston's a, a friend of the show. He's a good guy. Cleaner's a big big buddy of ours a lot of guys down there at sea island so you're part of the sea island mafia that's good to know though like 
you know, for us degenerate golf gamblers, fantasy guys, like we we like to know who the Seattle Mafia crew is. So that's good. It's a good spot down yeah. there. Uh, we'll be at the RSM later this year, so we'll probably meet up there. Um, yeah. So obviously, you've got this this story out there about you kind of like hanging it up, doing like a, a little bit of was it like mortgage lending or mortgage re- real estate mm-hmm. something. You know, I mean, you don't have to go too deep into it because I'm sure you're probably sick of talking about it and you're going to get asked about it even more. But uh, it is interesting that, you know, our our friend Ryan at uh, Monday uh, Monday Qualifier Info did a couple things about you back in the day or a couple of days ago, months ago, uh, quitting golf, kind of like what what happened with that? And then all of a sudden, here you are a year later earning your tour card. We're going to get right back to Ben Griffin, but I do want to remind you, if you've not subscribed to the heavy petting and chalk bomb emails that come to your inbox, Every single Tuesday and every single Wednesday that there's a PGA Tour event, you are missing out. If you're playing DFS, if you're playing, uh, if you're betting on the PGA Tour, if you're playing in one and done, it doesn't matter. If you're gambling at all on the PGA Tour, both those emails will help you tremendously and it's free content delivered to your inbox. The heavy petting email every Tuesday, the chalk bomb email every Wednesday. These are very informative, easy to digest, hard-hitting, bold pieces of content. You don't want to miss it. You can subscribe to both of those emails in the description of this podcast. Just look in the description. The links are there. You can also go to tourjunkies.com slash chalkbomb and sign up. When you sign up, for one, you get both. So when you sign up, you'll go ahead and get the heavy petting delivered to your Tuesday, to you on Tuesday, and the chalk bomb on Wednesday. And it's just fantastic. It's some of our best pieces of content every single week, and it will help you gain an edge. All right, back to Ben Griffin. Yeah, I mean, it's been, uh, I've talked about this on like almost every podcast. So, like, my sponsors are getting tired of it, but um, <laughs> no, they don't really care. Um, but yeah, no, I, I quit um, golf in like March of 2021. Um, I was just mentally burnt out a little bit. Uh, 15K in credit card debt just wasn't going anywhere. And, you know, it's tough because when you play golf in high school, college, you're like, you don't even think about money because you're never playing for money. All you're thinking about is trying to be the best you can and yep. beat the guys you're playing against and try to win an event for your team or what, whatever it be. Yep. Um, and so when you turn pro, all of a sudden it's like, yes, it's a game. Yes, it's a game I love, but it's also my job. So it turns into like, yes, it's, a, it's, it's basically a lifestyle, but also it's my occupation. So I'm pretty much traveling. And like every time I travel, I'm having to cover all these expenses and I mean, it's hard at the, at the mini tour level, corn fairy tour level even. And so I quit and was like, I don't want to rely on my parents for anything. I want to make money. I want to pay my own rent. I want to pay my own insurance. I want to do everything on my own. And so I pretty much went into mortgage lending. I went into real estate at first. My dad owns a real estate company in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. And I started with him. It's a pretty small business and he was having some trouble with, um, some, some, some people that was work that were working for him. Um, they were leaving the office. And so. I stepped in for a little bit, tried to help him out. Um, as I was doing that, interviewed and became a mortgage lender for Corporate Investors Mortgage Group, uh, North Carolina. I worked on the Robbie Oaks mortgage team and basically did that for three months. Um, had some weird signs come, come into my life. I accidentally drove the golf course wearing a button down and a jacket, like all my work clothes, and like was like pulling in the parking lot. And I like looked at myself and I'm like, this is not right. What am I doing? I don't know if it was lack of energy or what, but I took it as a sign that I need to play golf. My grandpa passed away. He got me into golf and all that kind of happened at the same time. Um, so I basically, I had a sponsor of this company right here, Lord Abbott. Um, he funded all my, uh, my basically, uh, my comeback into golf. And so, um, wow. I credit him to all my success, um, to this day, but 
he uh, talked to him on the phone. He was like, let's, let's get after it. I know I've heard a lot of good things about you. I'd played golf with him a year prior, but um, we share the same trainer, Randy Myers. And Randy was talking me up to him and he was like, I got to sponsor you. I got to, we're going to wow. create a story. And so sure enough, one year later, we've created a pretty damn cool story and um, continuing to script it now. Yeah, you really have. I mean, what, what is, who is Lord Abbott? Sounds really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of the coolest logos in my opinion. Um, but uh, it's a financial management group. Um, they do all sorts of financial services, uh, mutual funds, bonds, um, basically for high net worth investors or whoever it might be. Um, but they manage a bunch of money, and he, uh, the CEO, I played golf with him, and he, uh, he wanted to use his firm to help me, um, yeah, grow and be uh, one of the best players in the world, and so. Uh, I appreciate all of the things he's done for me. It's been really cool. Well, no free ads on the Tour Junkies podcast, but we'll let that one slide. Uh, I did, I did, I did ask. Seems like a cool, uh, cool guy and uh, an interesting company to do that. And yeah, it's definitely paid off for you. I mean, you've, but I mean, man, it, it's crazy to think like. I mean, I, I think this is right. Didn't you win a couple of individual state titles in high school? You were a stud, you know, junior player. Um, great career at North Carolina. Like you kind of. It seems like you you really clicked at every level that you were playing, uh, and then decide to hang it up, and and then uh, you know, and then obviously you know you telling the story how you got back in it. So it's really cool to see, and and then you come out on the Corn Ferry Tour this past season, and uh, I mean I, I know you didn't have any Corn Ferry Tour victories, but you had like three runner ups, you had a bunch of top twenty fives, you had a bunch of top tens. You look like you were pretty, you look pretty comfortable out there. So does it feel like it's all happened like? way too fast as you approach this first and I, and obviously we, we've talked about I, I teased in the beginning you played a couple of PGA Tour events just finished fourth at the Wyndham um mm-hmm. but do you feel like you do you feel like you're ready or do you or you know you know what I mean like to go from yeah. where you were to where you are now how does it feel right now like as you're getting ready to tee it up for a full season yeah I'm very ready you know if you look at the PGA Tour today majority of the guys that are top 10 top 20 in the world are guys I competed against um in high school college and so I knew where my game stacked up against them I had a lot of success um you know fortunately back in junior golf and college a little bit um I kind of went through some ups and downs kind of in college and then also in professional golf when I first started but um yeah no I I mean I'm ready uh having that perspective from working and uh, coming back into golf makes you appreciate it that much more and appreciate the competition, appreciate the grind. Yeah. Uh, I think we're hearing a lot about that in the golf world nowadays about people talking about the grind and how it might be too much for me. I have that perspective where I know what I was doing in an office space, not even being outside. And so I appreciate just being outside a lot more, let alone waking up and trying to get after it and grind. So um, for me, I'm, I'm very ready. Um, you know, the window, kind of proved that a little bit to the world. Um, I yeah. knew I had it in me. I was trying to win the thing. I just ran out of holes. Um, but I, you know, it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be fun going to the PJ tour, you know, guys like Colin Morikawa, Scotty Scheffler. These are some of my friends who I've continued to be friends with. I still talk to all of them and, um, you know, I, I feel more than ready to kind of get up there with them and be in contention with them down the stretch. Cause it's something I've done in junior golf and in college golf. And, uh, there's no difference. Um, with doing it yeah. at the PGA Tour level, it's just there's a lot more spotlight. So, talk about your game. Familiarize our listeners, our viewers, with uh, Ben Griffin's game from a standpoint of like, what do you feel 
like you really, really do well and you you see it could translate very well on the PGA Tour versus the things, the spots where you're, you're really, you know, you're going to have to improve a little bit to, to contend out there some more um, and just kind of familiarize us with, with the golf game. Yeah. You know, I, I have a unique game. I'd say the strongest part of my game is just how confident I am in my ability. It's whether it's not, whether I'm hitting it really well or not. I'm always coming to the first tee confident in whatever swing I kind of have that day and really work through it. Um, you know, you look at my swing, you might look at, you know, stats or whatever, and nothing really stands out significantly. Probably putting um, yeah. is, is the one that I'm really good at. And that's why I was so pumped to get the start at the Wyndham. Those are the best greens um, that you kind of see on tour. And I knew with my putting, like I was going to, if I got it on the green, I was going to make a lot of putts and get my name up there. So um, I'd say putting is definitely a strength, short game grinding, getting up and down. Um, when I'm hitting it really well, I, I normally play very well, um, especially on the PGA Tour level when the greens are going to be really good every week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I hit it sneaky far. If you go back to the Mexico Open, um, you can't really find it, but I was probably second in distance um, after the first two rounds, even though I missed the cut. Um, I think the stats by the end of the week, they do it based on who made the cut. So no one would really know how far I was hitting it, but I was hitting it mm. pretty far for kind of a skinnier guy. Um, I can get ball speed up to low 180s um, consistently. So nice. Um, hitting it far, sneaky, um, and then just kind of getting it in the hole. Um, I'd say that's kind of my strength. And you know, I go through spells where I'm hitting it really well or maybe struggling. And, but when I'm hitting it really well, that confidence, even though it's always pretty high, it gets even higher. And I'll tell you at the Wyndham on Monday, I was really struggling um, with my swing. And I made a couple like minor little adjustments with my grip, uh, with my rain grip on Tuesday. And I didn't even play that great on Tuesday, but Wednesday on the range, it was prime day. I wasn't in it because I'm not on the FedEx Cup um, or wasn't this past year as a non-member. And so I just hit some balls on the range and then went to the tournament and kind of, I was steady at the first couple of days, but then everything just went, I went balls to the wall on the weekend and made a charge. Um, but I kind of saw it coming. So it's weird. Uh, my game goes through highs and lows, but, uh, uh, anything can change really fast for me. Well, it is something I noticed when I was just looking at your, how, how you statted out on the coin Ferry tour. It's like there, there wasn't a whole lot of like super flashy stuff other than the putting, but yet, your birdie or better percentage, you were like 18th on the Coin Ferry Tour in birdie or better percentage, which is going to lead me to uh, something else here in a second we're going to talk about. So obviously, you, you, you can't get it in the hole, right? And, and when things are clicking, you can, go, you can go pretty low. Who's your, do you have a swing coach? Who's your swing coach? Yeah, James O. He's oh, based yeah. out of uh, Los Angeles. Uh, pretty big name. He uh, played on the PGA Tour, and he's been coaching for like the last 12 years. But I've been working with him for two probably two, two or three years now. And he's more so a short, I thought he was like really a short game guy, right? Yeah, he is. Um, I use him for short game, but we work a lot on my long game. We kind of have similarities um, between our games. So it's fun to kind of talk to him about all our different feels that we have. Yeah. What are the, uh, like, as you look ahead to, and you can kind of look back and say just in general, what are the courses, but also as you look ahead to the PJ tour schedule, and I'm sure you, you know, you're quite familiar with the events you're probably planning to play this fall especially, but even into, into next spring and summer, like what are the types of golf courses you feel like really your punk, you, you know, suit your game the most? And what are those golf courses where you kind of look at it and go like, Hey, it's not that I couldn't play well here. Obviously like your comp, you just talked about your confidence, you know, you can get it done anywhere, but it's like, we, we all know there are certain courses where you just go like, I'm going to have to like really do something different to contend there. 
Yeah, I mean, a lot of the courses are going to be pretty fresh to me. Um, you know, looking at the schedule a little bit and looking back on kind of where I've played well in the past. Um, I mean, the RSM sticks out to me. It's my own course. I have a course record on plan- the plantation course. I shot a 59 there this summer. Um, so I'm very comfortable you made, there. You beat me to um, it. Okay, we're going to talk about that in a second. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like even the Wyndham, you know, it's a tighter course. I'm not necessarily the straightest, but I'm not afraid to hit driver often. And yeah. even in tight spots, even though I don't hit it straighter. And because of that, uh, when I'm hitting it great, I take advantage of that some of those drives. I remember like the ninth hole at Wyndham, I played it. 200 par and probably should have played it four under. I missed a couple short birdie putts, two of the rounds, but I hit driver on that hole and no one else in the field was really hitting driver. I never saw anyone hit a driver there. And I had lob wedge or sand wedge in that green every day and everyone else was having eight or nines. So um, I'm not afraid to overpower a course a little bit. Um, you know, it might not be the straightest, but I'd say courses where even if the rough's long, like it doesn't bother me that much as long as the it, it's not impossible to get on the greens. Yeah. It's just a course condition and course setup a lot. Um, but going through through the year into the spring, um, I played the Puerto Rico Open before. I just, played that golf, I, I just played that golf course I, twice, like two weeks ago. Yeah, it's a, it's a good course. You know, I made the cut there in my second PJ Tour when I played there. So that was at the time an accomplishment for me. So yeah. that's a course I'm comfortable on. I mean, well, I've played a bunch, um, you know, leading into the summer, uh, trying to think of some others. But I don't know if there's actually a golf course that necessarily fits my game. I'd say the longer the course, the less of an advantage I have, because even though I hit it long, everyone else is hitting driver. So it comes down to the iron play. And I'd say I'm an average iron player. Um, that's a game. That's part of my game. I've been trying to improve. Um, but at times it's good. So it's like, yeah. I, I mean. I don't know. Yep, it's golf. golf. Yeah. And I'm just a strategic golfer. Um, you know, I'm always playing strategy with myself and some guys will use like decade golf. I don't really use anything. I just kind of use my brain. I think it's one of my strengths. So yep. looking forward to the season. Uh, I don't know where I'm going to play well, but hopefully next week in the app, I'll just go ahead. Not, just go ahead and seal it up. What about like putting, sur- you being a really good putter, what about putting surfaces? So that's something that obviously we look at like POA, Bent, Bermuda being the primary three, uh, I would imagine North Carolina boy, Sea Island Mafia boy, probably quite comfy on Bermuda, um, pretty comfy on Bent, probably not so comfy on Poa. That's my guess. What do you say? You answered it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, no, yeah, I grew up on Bent, and uh, so I'm comfortable there. Yeah. Um, a lot of courses nowadays up the southeast are all Bermuda. Yep. Uh, I'm comfortable there. I've had success in Florida. and definitely Georgia and Southeast. And then, um, yeah, California, uh, Poana is something I'm not really necessarily used to. So we'll see how that goes. But, you know, if I start seeing the ball go in, it doesn't, it doesn't matter the surface. I get confident and um, I just keep rolling with it. Yeah. Who's your, uh, tell us about your caddy. We love caddies on this show. So tell me, tell me about your caddy, how that whole relationship started, how that's going to go. I've had, a, I've had a few caddies this year, but um, Alex Rithamel, um has been my caddy since, uh, let's see, Chicago on the Corn Ferry Tour, so back in May. Okay. Um, he's going to be with me throughout the fall, and um, he caddied for CT Pan when he won the Harvey C. Heritage. He's caddied for Adam Svensson. Um, he caddied for him for a couple years. More recently, he was caddying for Curtis Thompson. Um, on the PGA tour. And so he's been around, uh, for a while. I think he's been cutting on tour for 10 years. So 
he's a great guy. We're comfortable with each other. We, he knows my game now. So we're going to be kind of going into the season very comfortably um, compared to maybe some other Corn Ferry guys that are going through the process right now of trying to figure out who they want on the bag. So I kind of, that's good. I was, I was fortunate to have almost locked up my card after five events this year. Um, once I finished back to back second places yeah. in Todd, Florida. So I was trying to game plan for the PGA tour and that's kind of the last five, five or six weeks, you know, I haven't necessarily played that well other than the Wyndham, but it's because I've been trying to figure out what I want to do and game plan. Now I'm going to play really well once Napa starts. Um, that's kind of always been my plan and, um, having him, um, be on the back for me for 10 weeks now, 15 weeks, maybe even almost, uh, um, we're going to go uncomfortable. And so that's good. What about, I know you guys hate answering the questions like this. So other than you, clearly you're confident, right? Clearly you've got the chops to get this done. Other than you though, like I saw from the outside looking in like last year, this time of year, nobody was really paying much attention, at least on the outside to like a Cameron Young, right? Um, or, or one of these breakout guys who just has an exceptional year coming out of the Corn Ferry Tour. Um, but I know, I know a lot of other Corn Ferry Tour players would say, oh, we knew who Cameron Young was and, and how that was going to go down. But other than yourself, like when you look at the, the Corn Ferry Tour graduates coming out this year, who are a couple names that maybe you feel like maybe people are talking about, maybe aren't talking about, but you look at and go like, hey, th- those guys, like, I'm going to be contending with those guys for like rookie of the year potential. And like those, those guys are sneaky, could be really good out here. Yeah. Um, well, going back to Cameron Young, I've known Cameron since we were 15 or 16. We've been good friends. And I mean, I knew it was coming all along. <laughs> yeah. I, could, I could have told you Davis Riley was going to do this all along. Yeah. Um, Scott Scheffler, same thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, in, in, in this graduation class, there's definitely – some names that a lot of people don't know. I mean, a lot of people know Justin Suck because he's played a, yeah. a bunch of tour events out of college and kind of, he was kind of thrown under the bus a little bit because Matt Wolf and Colin Morikawa and Victor Hovland were taking off and he was kind of making a cut here and there, but just wasn't doing the same thing. So everyone's like, oh, is this kid even good? Yeah. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. He beat me in the junior when I was 16 and he was 15 and he kicked, I mean, he beat me bad. Um, and I played with him um, a couple weeks ago um let's see in omaha the final corn fairy event of the year and his game was very impressive to me just because i i never thought he was going to make a single mistake it was like if he makes a bogey it's like fluky um and he's going to be a consistent player i can just go ahead and tell you that um without a doubt he seems Um, to be trending in the starts that he's gotten on tour he's definitely trending a little bit yeah um but yeah I, i need to look at a list probably on my phone to see everyone's name but there's going to be some uh, yeah. a few guys on there for sure um, that are going to going to play really well. I mean, you have some former guys that have played well in the past. You got Ben Ann, who's yeah. a former president upper, um, who's getting his way back to the PGA Tour. It'll be interesting to see how he plays. Um, yeah. Moving up the list, I mean, Carl Yon, he's got a ton, ton of talent. I think we have a little bit similar games, and the fact that we kind of he definitely hits it longer than me, but um, he's a grinder. He'll make it from anywhere on a green. Um, so he'll be he'll be an interesting name to follow. But yeah, I think there's 30 out of the 50 guys that got cards between Corn Ferry and Corn Ferry Door Finals, 31 are rookies. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of new names this year um on the tour that um might surprise people, especially with having a lot of bigger names leave for live. Yep. Um it's going to be an opportunity for a lot of us to jump into those positions where there's a lot of 
there's a lot of openings for big names to kind of pop in. That's, there's a reason you see Sepp Straka now become one of those names just because how he played in the playoffs and he took advantage of, you know, some certain players. Maybe he would have done it anyways, but some certain players leaving and it opened up the door for him. So I'm motivated to do something similar to that. That's for sure. Yeah, you, you, got, you guys got a lot of good opportunity coming up here. I want to talk about this 59. I'm going to play the video here. Hopefully this works because if people haven't seen this, it's pretty funny. Let's see. I can yeah. make this happen. All right, here we go. So far, so good. Yeah, be prepared for the voice. Do it. Do it. Oh, oh my gosh. Right. Please go, go in. Do it. Oh, just about right now. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Love it. Love it. So that you had to make that. You had to make that to shoot 59. That was on the plantation course at Sea Island. Is that right? Yeah, that was the ninth hole. We started on 10 that day. They started everyone on the back. So that was number nine. Um, how yeah, how far was, out were you? Um, 155 yards. Um, it was like falling just left of it. And I was like, I mean, I was in this ball because I knew I needed to make it. And I was like, just get right somehow. And like kind of at the end, it fell down and a little right. I don't know if it was like a little bit of wind or whatever. And then bounced a little right, right in the middle of the hole. It was pretty surreal. It was one of the, you can't even describe the feeling. I mean, I, if I had a whoop, my heart rate would have been like in a scary, scary spot for about two weeks. Yeah. Cause I woke every morning and I just thought about, like, I think I was dreaming about the shot too. I woke up every morning. I was like, dang, I made it from 155 <laughs> yards. And I had a, one of my buddies here. He's a private chef, Tony Loy. I, I, I texted him for a month and every day we would mention it like something like, 155 yards just say the word 155 <laughs> yards. like talk about it but uh, now that a lot of people are like who was that your girlfriend like screaming like, no, i was a for harrison she oh god he got so much crap for that um and it's still amazing to this day um hearing all the crap um for him screaming like that but it was uh it was cool i'm just fortunate it was on video i uh i told the guys before i hit it i was like all right get the cameras out and um i didn't know i figured all of them were filming and it was just Harrison, and thank God it, he had it because otherwise yeah. it would have been a cool story. But to have that reaction on film, it's not clear enough because it was on Snapchat to see it go in. But um, to have it on film is sick, dude. It's incredible. Uh, so what was yeah. like? I mean, did you party after that? What was the celebration like? How how does that work? You go, you run into the into the golf shop and you like throw the scorecard <laughs> in the guy's face. How does this work? Yeah, pretty much. We uh, we finished up and. Uh, there's a starter over on the first hole of Seaside, which, or, uh, first hole of Seaside is right beside the ninth green of plantation. And he didn't know what happened. He was like, man, that's so cool. You guys made it too. And the, one of the other guys in the group was like, yeah, it was for 59. And the guy didn't know what to think. He was like, wait, so was that your front nine? Cause he was on the other course. He didn't realize he it on 10. Um, but no, we went in, signed the card and, uh, everyone started talking about it. Everyone started finding out. And so. I kind of like needed a breather almost. So I, we just went to a, a restaurant on the Island and sat down and we were like, all right, so, um, I guess this is going viral. Um, I don't know how it's going to go viral, but yeah. one of you guys want to post the video and they're like, yeah, we already posted it. I'm like, all right, well, that's good. So Monday Q info already knows. Yeah. And then it kind of just went from there and I was like, I guess I'm going to post an Instagram about it. Cause it's pretty freaking cool. Um, and yeah, it went viral. I didn't really celebrate it. I was just kind of, my heart rate was just through the roof. If I had had an alcoholic beverage, I probably, probably would have had a heart attack. <laughs> I was um, going to say, what was the beer cocktail of choice? You didn't do anything like that? I don't think you I had like, a just single give me water. beer or cocktail after, you know, 
if it was a hole in one, obviously, but yeah, it's so weird. Fifty nine. We didn't know what to do. A couple of my friends that were playing, they had to get on the road because they were going to um, events that afternoon. So two guys left, and the other two, I, I don't even know what I did the rest of the day. I think I sat on my couch and just like was looking at notifications I was getting on my phone from Twitter. Cause, I mean, it ended up getting on Yahoo yep. Sports, NBC Sports, Golf Channel. Um, it was just a lot to deal with, and I was like, I'm just going to soak it all in and just watch this from my couch. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. What, uh, what was the yeah. course record before? Uh, I had the course record before, actually. Jeez, um, dude. 62, uh, 10 under previously. Um, and I beat it by three. And so I'm assuming all these you're playing, you're, you're playing from the tip. You're backing it up, right? Yeah. The only exception is the 10th hole in the, in the RSM, they play it from the practice putting uh, from the like putting course. And we're not allowed to play it from there uh, when we go play. So I was a box up on that one. But otherwise, yeah, it's, it was from the tips. But definitely helps. You know, I, I don't get to play it much in the summer because I'm, I'm busy um, playing the tour. And in the past, not last summer I was working, but the summers before, I'd always be playing somewhere. So um, you don't get the chance to play the courses in the summer. And they play a little bit easier because the ball goes further. Um, but, yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty cool. That's sick. That's so cool. Uh, really cool video and uh congrats to you for that i'm sure i'm sure a lot of those Seattle mafia pros are like itching to to take take down ben griffin's uh course record but that's 59 is going to be really tough to beat dude that's going to hold up for a long time i bet yeah grayson six got 58 over on seaside so Does he? i don't know if anyone's gonna, yeah i don't know if anyone's going to touch that anytime Jeez, soon but, i didn't know i didn't yeah, know that yeah taking over the course records there we'll see what happens in the rsm if anyone can get close yeah i mean i mean i would hope you guys would have the course records out there but um man i didn't know grayson had a 68 he's an augusta boy like like me and pat yeah a bunch um, of augusta guys yeah wow that's that's awesome dude uh ben i appreciate your time this has been pretty mm -hmm. fun you seem like a uh a real promising star on the pj tour in the making obviously you're proving it man i mean could have could have won the damn Wyndham. you could have been the tom yeah. we could have been talking about you and not tom kim but i, I got a I feeling What's that? I think I was low American. Low American? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember looking at the board like, wait a minute. Um, yes, I will say this, though. I, I, I will give you this. I will give you one piece of advice, okay? Uh, I, it can't be golf advice because I, there's no way I could do that. But have you, have you had any interactions with Siwoo Kim before? Okay. No. Here's your piece of advice. Find All a way right, to make... Find a way to make memories with Siwoo Kim. Okay, make it happen. Ask a couple of Seattle Mafia guys any interactions with Siwoo. He's a straight up, he's a god out there. Okay, he's a god amongst men. And I promise you, you will not regret, you know, sitting down at his table for breakfast if you run into him or playing a practice round with him. If you're paired up with him, pay attention. He's, he's electric. Okay, so just remember that. File that away. And whenever you see Siwoo for the first time, which I don't know when that'll be this fall, he just made the President's Cup, so I don't know if he'll, if he'll be playing a whole lot before or immediately after. But first time you see Siwoo, just, just go out of your way, okay? And then, oh, well. and then, and then report back, and you'll be like, dude, he's, I, want him, I want him to be my best friend, okay? I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. I'll probably find him at Napa if he's there. Yeah, get, get some. I, I guarantee you, you ask some of the Seattle Mafia crew, you got any Siwoo Kim stories? They'll deliver, and and you will not. I know, I know Danny not. Lee's got some stories. I've heard some Danny, some crazy Danny Lee stories, but uh, I've not heard any about D Lee. I've not heard any about yeah. D Lee, but but Siwoo, he will not disappoint. 
Um, cool. But, all right, I almost forgot. We got to get the two truths and a lie. So hit me. Two truths and a lie. Mm-hmm. All right. I missed my last college final. Okay. I was in the. Uh, I was in a show choir growing up, dancing and singing on stages. Okay. I fell into the water with my caddy also at the 2019 Puerto Rico Open. <laughs> um, hmm. I feel like the show choir thing has to be true because I would I'd be surprised if you made that up and you're the music guy. So I feel like that would be true. Fell into the water at Puerto Rico. I don't remember seeing anything about that. I feel like I would have seen that. Um, and what was the first one? I missed my last missed college final. Last college final. Like final exam? Final exam. Hmm. I'm going to say the lie is Puerto Rico. Nope. The lie is the college? And, uh, what's that? The lie is the college? The lie is the college final. Yep, I did not miss my last college final. <laughs> I wouldn't think so. You see like a... But, but like, the story, there's, there's, some, there's some good stories behind some of these. What, tell um, me. So, last college final, I made it, but one of my roommates um, thought the college final... This is his last final in college. Like literally, he's like a three point nine eight student, and double majoring in math and mathematical sciences and statistics. He thought it was at twelve p.m. or at noon. Shows up at noon. It was at eight a.m. And the professor, like, he walks into the classroom, not a soul, and he's like, well, "What's going on?" He gets on his phone and realizes it was eight a.m. Emails the professor and walks back. So he leaves the house at like eleven fifty to go walk, and he comes back in at twelve ten, and we're like. Damn, that was a fast final. Yeah, he's like, throw me, he's like, throw me a beer. I'm like, all right, tell us. He's like, my college career is done. I missed my last final. Oh my god. He's like, he's going to work for Ernst and Young, like tech consulting. Like he already had his job, thankfully, but like, yeah, this is last college final, and this is like potentially he doesn't get his diploma because of this. And uh, he had already had like a 98 class, and this was like one of the hardest math classes. <laughs> and the professor emails him back like, hey, like. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm not going to allow you to take this final again. So I'm going to have to give you a B minus. Um, but at least that's uh, that's better than you not being able to graduate. Yeah. So yeah, he did get to graduate, but uh, oh yeah, gosh. he missed the last college final. Now Puerto Rico, I um, this is I'm one under through four holes. My second PGA Tour event started on ten, um, and uh, my caddy is Eric Larson. I'm sure you've heard about him. Uh, Harris English's caddy. Um, used to caddy for Anthony Kim, Jeff yep. Overton. <clears throat> yep. He was in prison at one point in his, uh, his life. Um, he's on the back for me. I pull it on this dog left par four. You said you played it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just played a couple weeks ago. Um, so 13 yep. um, is the dog left. And there's like a little island with a tree in the left pond. Yeah. I hit it, my golf ball, onto that island. No way. So it's, so I, it's playable. And there's this like little walking path to get to it, but you have to jump over rocks to get to it. And so the second rock is completely slick. We have no idea. I asked uh, Eric, I'm like, all right, well, it looks like it's like 140. Just give me like a nine iron. I'm just going to put it on the middle green. I take my second step. I'm wearing white pants <laughs> and I can 
completely eat shit. My knees are busted because my knees hit the hit the rocks, and I'm like in the middle of the pond. It's like I'm completely soaked from waist. Oh my god! But I like, but instead of crawling back to the bag to get a towel, I crawl to the island because I'm like, all right, well, at least I'm on the island. Yeah, I play the shot. But I get over to it. I'm like, I don't think it's a nine iron. I need like an eight because <laughs> of my stance and like my backswing. So Eric, he weighs like 260 pounds, and I'm like. All right, just throw me the club because that second rock is slick. He's oh like, my god! Dude, no, he's like, dude, the rock's not slick. I promise you, uh, like it's gonna be fine. Like I weigh too much for me to fall in this. Steps on the second rock, eats shit, goes in the pond. Oh my god! He's carrying, he's carrying my an extra glove because my my glove was soaked because it was under the water. Uh, an extra towel, it's completely soaked, and so he's and then my club soaked. So I'm like, all right, well maybe I'm not gonna hit an eight iron. I'm gonna go back to this nine iron because the nine iron. <laughs> one that's not wet um, he took the whole bag why would he not leave the bag and then just grab the eight iron he did he did leave the bag oh, oh, so the oh. bag he has the eight iron in his hand and a fresh glove and a towel oh. all those go down in the water so oh. now i'm like now i'm like all right glove somehow and uh i'm gonna hit the nine iron so he uh we end up spending like 10 minutes the group i'm playing with i think it was sebastian munoz and jonathan k of all people um and we uh we end up spending like 10 minutes trying to you know figure out (laughs) how to get dry how to do everything and they've already finished the hole i end up there's one camera and i guess there's footage somewhere out there but i don't know where it went i never got it but there was a camera that was over the green that should have been rolling um that should have seen us and um i end up hitting hitting a shot and i was one under i end up making bogey there i hit it just over the green don't get up and down make like triple on the next hole bogey bogey all of a sudden i'm like five over through eight in my second peter Jordan, i'm like well this i've got my back against the wall shoot three or four under on the next nine and then shoot four under the second round make the cut on the number um but Sick. if i hadn't fallen, yeah if i hadn't fallen in the water i probably would have finished like 10th that week but that i was just all rattled and i was like shaking and i <laughs> play the next four holes dude that's a hilarious story god i wish there was video on that i know the video would have been amazing but we took a picture after the round and so i'm still in my white pants i don't i never changed clothes the rest of the round but i just have two red spots on my knees from just blood because my knees were both busted oh my gosh blood spots on my white pants and i'm like soaked the rest of the round (laughs) like you've been to war yeah i went to war that round pj was hard you gotta send me that there's no guaranteed money. You got to go out there and earn it. So yeah, that's true. You got to send me that picture because I'll yeah. put that in the YouTube thumbnail. That'll be tremendous. Yeah. So pretty crazy story. And uh, and yeah, you were and you were basically in you were you were part of Glee too, huh? Yeah. When I was in elementary school, I was in this show choir. I wore this huge white and like red sparkly thing, and I would sing choir songs with like twenty other people and and dance to them and do ridiculous things. So it was only elementary school. So you were like prepubescent Glee. Yeah, this was like fourth and fifth grade. I don't know if there was a girl or something that I was on the show choir. I was <laughs> sure. like, I gotta go do it or what it was. But um, yeah, I had issues back then. We don't have to talk about that. That's hilarious. <laughs> um. Send a picture of that too. If you have your mom, send us a picture of, of you in that outfit. Oh, That'd be great. Yeah, I've got one. Thanks, man. And uh, we appreciate you coming on the show. Best of luck this year. We'll be watching immediately next week. And, uh, you know, um, do your thing. Perfect. Appreciate you having me on.